Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Bills Mafia, what is up? It is six o'clock on the dot. Ryan, I was leaving practice. I was reading the, the stadium. I shouldn't even say practice, but I was leaving the stadium at about 5.10, and I'm like, this is going to be bad. We are never making it by six o'clock. I set the schedule. Matt Harmon's back in the building. He's going to be giving me a problem, but I made it here. We are at Amherst Al House, uh, right in the Cross Point Plaza on uh, Millersport. I'm so excited. We're doing the podcast for Patrick Moran tonight. We were so excited. The Finer Wings Club. So we're going to have some awesome wings. We, just, we we started talking about it, Ryan, and we're like, wait a second. You're going to be in town. We need to do our show. So here we go. We're going to do it. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Top Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. And Ryan, I said I had to do it a little bit on the fly, a little bit different. I can't. I'm too far away from the computer to mess with things. So. I got the reads right here. Top Fresh Burger Bar with over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based, and gourmet blend burgers. Ready to grill. Top's Fresh Burger Bar has you smiling all summer long. There it is, Ryan Talbot. How are you? I am doing great. Past the Top's on the way here. I'm sure they have a fantastic burger bar, so stop in when you can. A little more spacious than down in the basement with Matt, so... Uh, I'm glad to be side by side, though, with my guy and ready to talk some Bills football. All right, let me see if I can get this. You know, I want to make sure that we got you all uh, all set here. This is this is a big day, and part of the reason I was so late today was because of what happened at One Bills Drive today. We started off the day with some news: Cole Beasley and a host of other Bills players uh, were close contacts with a staff member that uh, tested positive for COVID. They were sent home, that group, and when we got to the facility today, there was five cuts that were announced right before we got there. So it was kind of a, a roster sheet as I'm looking it up and down. It was a lot less players than I'm used to seeing. Uh, Matt Milano and A.J. Klein, they were also uh, sent home. They they were deemed not to be close contacts, but a lot to get into here, some stuff in, uh, in practice. I do have observations up at the website. We're going to get into all of that tonight. And by the way, if you're – 
you're close by in, in East Amherst here. Stop up at uh, Amherst Ale House. Have yourself some wings. We're going to get after it with Pat Moran in a little while. But what are your impressions of a very, very uh, – change landscape in terms of the roster yeah it was a pretty wild day at one bills drive matt you know uh first and foremost all those players that were announced to be close contacts they're away from the facility now for five days for the most part minus milano and klein who can return tomorrow uh so that was the first domino to drop and, and when that news was announced my first thought was well the bills don't have to make many roster moves now because today the bills had to get down to 80 players but still, the team announced five cuts, and I don't know about you, Matt, but I was a little bit surprised to see Lance Lenore and Tyrell Adams on that list, not because I thought they were going to make this 53-man roster, but because two linebackers had been announced originally as close contacts, and Beasley and Gabriel Davis are two of those players that are gone for five days, and we've talked about Lenore. He's had a pretty solid training camp. Yeah, I was surprised as well. Uh, I think the path to the roster, at least the 53, was so daunting given the depth at wide receiver that that's the decision they went to go on. I see a comment in here, please don't talk about vaccines. And I, I want to get this out of the way early here. We don't want to talk about vaccines either. <laughs> but the thing about this is Brandon Bean covered it pretty clearly today. He said there are rules in place. you got to follow them. you got to work your way around them. We're going to deal with them is what he said. You know, some people think that, you know, uh, the targeting penalties in the, in the game today have gotten really soft. They don't like to deal with them. But guess what? They're the rules. If you target a player, if you hit somebody helmet to helmet, you are going to get flagged for it. You're going to get penalized. It could cost you a game. If a close, if a person that is unvaccinated is a close contact right before the a AFC championship game, you could be without Cole Beasley in the biggest game of the season. These are just the facts. There's no politics involved in it. It's just the facts. And that's something that the, the team is going to have to deal with as we move forward. Now, I agree. Let's not spend too much time on that because there's a lot of stuff to get into from camp today, and I want to get to them. But let's start Let's start talking about the cuts. Tyrell Adams. I, I asked Leslie Frazier two questions about him today because I put up my 53-man roster projection a couple days ago. Tyrell Adams wasn't on there. And I actually put it in order of who I thought was going to get cut. And I had... Tyrell Dotson is that first cut and Leslie Frazier basically backed up what we've seen at training camp in that it's been Tyler Medikiewicz and Andre Smith, who I think have elevated themselves above everybody else. I think Tyrell Dotson is obviously in the mix too. Leslie Frazier mentioned him first today. So maybe he might be uh, uh, a person ahead of them in terms of that competition. But overall, there was just way too many good performances in training camp in the preseason to keep Tyrell Adams around, who, let's be honest, has just been underwhelming. Yeah, you know, when they signed Tyrell Adams, Leslie Frazier gushed about the guy. He said this was a tackling machine in Houston, 125 total tackles one year ago, special teams player. So even uh, Buffalo special teams coordinator said, you know, I look forward to having him on that unit. It just didn't pan out. Sometimes when a player moves from one team to another, something doesn't click. And that's kind of the case with Tyrell Adams. Matt, I remember at the first open scrimmage that the Bills held, we were watching from the end zone, and Adams was still stuck with the third-team defense. And right. we said, you know, he has not ascended that depth chart whatsoever. And the writing was kind of on the wall at that point. Time was running out then, and he's done nothing to close that gap. You mentioned it. Andre Smith, all over the field in the first preseason game, they already know that he's a special team standout. Tyler Medikevich, that's the whole reason they signed him was for special teams, but he's been solid on defense as well in this preseason. I feel like those top five linebacker spots are locked up, and if they keep six, it's pretty much down to 
Tyrell Dodson right now and maybe a Joe Giles Harris, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Joe Giles Harris is an interesting one. I thought I wrote in, in my projection, I think he's going to be a priority free agent guy. I think he's the type, those you kind of get those guys aboard, you kind of a little give them a peek behind the curtain what this, this thing could look like, and just like listen. Even if you are on the 53-man, you don't have a path to playing early on. Maybe special teams, uh, but you got to be active, and you got to take that special teams role. And I just think that there's too much talent. You could probably get a guy like Joe Giles-Harris on the practice squad. So we'll cover that a little bit more in detail. We'll talk about Lance Lenore as well. But while we're on the topic of Andre Smith, let's bring up the fact that he made another huge play in practice today. It was Mitchell Trubisky in at quarterback. Uh, kind of a, an errant pass. He was looking for Emmanuel Sanders. It kind of went over his head. Tredavious White always kind of in the area to, you know, help make a play, tips it up in the air. There's Andre Smith. He intercepts the ball and kind of gets going on the left sideline. He probably is gone except for Josh Allen, who wasn't involved in the play. He was off to the side. He decided to run him down and pop the ball out. That doesn't count. I'll, I'll give him credit for the touchdown. Uh, I'll get your reaction to that, but you got to pass me over my drinks here because uh, – pretty parched we've been we've done a lot in the last couple hours there we go i'm a corona guy what can you say <laughs> well got the water too no surprise here with andre smith he is someone that has stood out on special teams early in his career buffalo was really savvy about how they acquired smith one year ago as well it was really close to cut down day matt and they traded for andre smith and i want to say he was on the roster for about one week they saw enough where they cut him and then they brought him back by cutting him they didn't have to send a draft pick to carolina they knew that, you know, this is a guy that can contribute in, in his first year on special teams, and there might be more talent there on defense, and we're starting to see that. The, the flashes are starting to become more consistent for Andre Smith. Now, is Smith going to see a lot of playing time in Buffalo if if uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are healthy? Absolutely not. But if something happens, I think the Bills are starting to have a lot of confidence in this guy in terms of his ability to move from sideline to sideline and make plays for this defense. Right. And, you know, I see, I see some people, I can still see the comments here, and, you know, some people take an issue with the COVID talk at the beginning of the, the show. I just want to say, like, listen, we don't want to talk about either. We don't want to talk about it either. You know, it's, it's a situation that I'll tell you right now, just from the looks of it, is, has the potential to impact the season. And we got to cover this thing, you know, from the bottom, bottom to the top. Everything that happens that affects your football team, this is something that's affecting the football team right now. You know, it's a preseason game, but Cole Beasley's not available this week. Vernon Butler, who's fighting for a roster spot, now not available this week. What does that mean? Now, Harrison Phillips, unfortunately, it looks like he's going to miss some time. We don't know the extent of the injury yet, but Vernon Butler kind of dodges a bullet in a lot of ways because even with him out this week, I think that they have no choice but to keep him around moving into the season. Your thoughts on that? No, I agree with that completely. And, yeah, Bill's Mafia, listen, this has to be discussed. It has to be talked about. Imagine if this was one week before the regular season. Imagine how much of a nightmare this would be without having your top slot receiver, an all-pro slot receiver from one year ago, Gabriel Davis, who essentially was their number three receiver as a rookie, seven touchdowns, Star Latulale, who opted out one year ago and is supposed to really help on run defense and help this defensive line, and then Vernon Butler, you look at the overall positions, man, and both of them are, are, you know, there's some injuries. Harrison Phillips at defensive tackle, wide receiver. Isaiah McKenzie today goes down with an injury who would be ideally the Cole Beasley replacement. He's getting an MRI. I saw Ian Rappaport just put that out there uh, looking at his shoulder. And, you know, you have to hope that there's nothing too severe there because 
if Cole, this happens in the regular season with Cole Beasley, he has to miss a game. Isaiah McKenzie is that player that's expected to step up in his in his spot. So it's not something we want to talk about. But as we get closer and closer to the regular season, these are the red flags that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are worried about because this Super Bowl window that's open now, the more you're missing these starters in the regular season, the smaller that window gets at least for 2021. Speaking of uh, Isaiah McKenzie, let's, that's a good segue here. Let's get into what happened with him today because i got to be honest with you guys. I tweeted it out. It was a pretty scary moment. Whenever a player, there's a collision and a player is down in the field and you don't know what the injury actually is, and it took a while to clear things out and kind of get a good look at what was happening there, you don't know what happened. And then after a while, I would say about a minute, things kind of like disperse a little bit. They want to give him a little breathing room. I can see the doctor working on his arm or his or, – or his, I thought it was his upper arm, but – now that you know Ian Rappaport's putting that out, it makes sense. Maybe they're looking at something to do with the shoulder. Um, it was a, a really, really unfortunate situation. Just short pass from Mitchell Trubisky uh, to, to Ms. McKenzie. They've done it a couple dozen times in, in training camp. He gets the ball, he turns around, and just because of where they were on the field, there's Jordan Poyer. Meets him head on. I think Jordan Poyer tried to kind of hold up a little bit, but he couldn't. There was a big thud, big collision. He goes down. He's hurt. We don't know how long it's going to be, but you're talking maybe broken collarbone, clavicle issues. You could be talking, looking at like maybe two months that he could be out. Yeah, it's something that, that Bills fans should be concerned about. You know, we were just talking about Andre Smith, Matt, and Isaiah McKenzie's in a similar boat. He was brought over after he was cut by the Denver Broncos. He was supposed to be maybe a return option, maybe a gadget guy. He's really developed into a solid slot receiver, someone that – can spell Cole Beasley in games, could replace Cole Beasley if he was injured. And now the question is, what happens if this is a significant injury, if he does miss some time? What do they do now if something happens with Cole Beasley in the regular season, whether it's injury, whether it's COVID? Does this help a Tanner Gentry make the practice squad and maybe be an elevation option? Those are the questions that we have to really start considering because injuries happen in the NFL. That pop that happened from Jordan Poyer today, listen, that, that could have easily have happened week one from a Pittsburgh Steeler hitting him. Injuries happen on the practice field. Injuries happen in football. But the Bills have to think one step ahead. So who's, who's going to step up in that place? Does this convince them between Isaiah McKenzie's injury, between Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis being out, is this what pushes them maybe, Matt, to keeping seven wide receivers on this roster? Right. Even before this, I had him keeping seven. So I think it's really in play. Um I just think they're going to end up liking Jake Kumaro, and we'll talk about him in a minute, too much to get rid of, to, to move on from him, because I think if they cut him, somebody's going to sign him. Mm. He's been too good. I feel like people have read so much camp reports that teams are going to be interested in him. Plus, he's got the Aaron Rodgers seal of approval. approval. Um, you look at that. A lot of people are talking in the comments about the, uh, the, the kick return situation. If Isaiah McKenzie's out, Marquez Stevenson was at practice today. He was in street clothes, no walking boot, which is a really Huge good sign. Nice. Now, I'm still very doubtful that he'll be ready to go against the Packers. But if they get, if they have a, a situation where he can maybe start running on it this week, maybe they say, hey, well, we're going to roster him. We're going to roster McKenzie. We're going to roster Kumaro. We'll get into the season. We'll, we'll figure it out from there. Maybe one of them has to go on a short-term IR and move on from there. They also have, um, they also have Brandon Powell, who's probably the third kick returner right now. I don't think he has a chance to make the roster, uh, but we saw him today get a lot of work uh, once Isaiah McKenzie went out, so it's something to watch. Yeah, and you know, someone else said 
why do you keep a Brandon Powell on this roster? Why do you keep certain players? Because of situations like this. This last preseason game, they need someone to return kicks, and you didn't want Isaiah McKenzie out there a lot before he suffered this injury today. Uh, and, and now Brandon Powell is probably going to see the majority of that action based right. on what happens from here on out. So really interesting. I do see someone in the comments say, uh, where are we at? We are at the Amherst Ale House. Stop on by. We're doing Shout Now. We're doing the Finer Wings Club around 7. And our good friend Del Reed is right outside selling 26 shirts gear. Uh, so make sure you stop on by if you are in this area. Yeah, you're going to reach out. I, got, I oh, actually... We got three left, Brian. We got three uh, shout shirts left. Uh, speaking of 26 shirts, you reminded me. Um, come on up uh, if you want a, a shirt. We got, I think we got a XL, a double XL, or maybe a large. I don't know. I don't know the sizes, but um, there it is. Um, let's get to Jake Kumaro a little mm. bit because he had himself a practice today. Eight receptions, and I don't think anybody else even had as many as three. He. Eight receptions, Ryan, from three different quarterbacks. He caught passes from Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, and Jake Fromm, which means that confidence level, the respect that he's now gained from the quarterback's room, that's consistent throughout the entire room. I mean, listen, there's been camp stories before. Like, I mean, you could probably go back to it a little bit more. You've been covering the Bills longer than I have. I mean, there's been, you know, Duke Williams, they just cut one, and, and the most recent one. But this is a this camp story that is Jake Kumro feels a little bit different. He's been just so good and so dominant at times. You know, he was going against Trey White today and winning. And, and he had one rep against Cam Lewis on the left sideline. He played it perfectly because he beat Cam Lewis. He got separation. That's another thing. What is he? He has no business getting that kind of separation against a smaller, a speedy corner like that. But he he does it consistently. Gets by him. Sees the ball in the air. A nice bomb from Josh Allen. Makes an adjustment. Slows his route, comes back towards the sideline, makes the catch. He's really talented. Yeah, Kumaro is the real deal. I had a lot of fans after that Bears game saying, oh, he had multiple drops in that game. I went back and watched it. I thought two of the three quote-unquote drops, Matt, were throws that were behind him. Third one was definitely a drop, but then he bounced back with the touchdown. He's someone that's been consistent in practice almost every single day in terms of catching the ball. And not only that, 95 special team snaps last year. He took on that Taiwan Jones role when the Bills needed him to. And we've talked about this many times. I don't know if there's another team in the NFL that's more serious about special teams than the Buffalo Bills. So if Kumaro, as wide receiver six, can handle special teams reps and also step up a few snaps per game at wide receiver, that almost makes him a near lock, in my opinion. I, I, we've already had him as a lock, but I think he just kind of furthered his case today with those eight receptions if he wasn't already a lock. If you are watching on YouTube, thank you very much. We got a bunch of people here um, on YouTube. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. We have a bunch of people in the comments that are always uh, quick to remind everybody. We appreciate you so much. We're brought to you by uh, Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with Tops Pickup and Delivery. Shop for your groceries online. Choose pick for delivery, and Tops will bring the groceries right to you. Visit topsmarkets.com to get started. Ryan, I just got a whole set of new reads for September. I'm excited to debut them, but we're still a week away, so you're going to have to wait. Uh, next week, we'll have one day, we'll have a 53-man roster special. Mm -hmm. uh, still working on maybe a guest for that show, so that'll be uh, exciting. May even tap into the national scene Yeah. Uh, for that. Uh, cool. Another cool thing, I, I didn't even tell you this. Adam Shine from uh, CBS Sports. He's going to be on soon, either next week or the week after. So 
the original Josh Allen apologist, the the Josh Allen believer, will be live on the show. We uh, we can't wait to talk to him uh, and chop it up with him. Um, I can't believe we made it through almost 20 minutes and we haven't talked about the GOAT yet. Mr. Bruce Smith was live and in person today at Bill's camp. He was in town for the Jim Kelly uh, golf tournament, the charity event that that he holds every year. Decided to stop by uh, Bill's practice. He'll be there today, he was, and then he'll be there again tomorrow. And it was cool. You saw the videos coming out after practice of him, you know, watching the defensive line up close, talking to Eric Washington, Leslie Frazier, and then actually calling over Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham to kind of impart some wisdom. I mean, this is something that, you know, obviously got some legs around draft time when the, the Bills put out that video. But, man, ever since, you know, then, I think I've been surprised at how many fans have been like, all right, when are they going to start having Bruce work with them? He's in there today, and we heard from Greg and, and Boogie, and, and they're all yours. Yeah, listen, if you have one of the greatest of all time give you advice on pass rush moves, you're going to listen. And Bruce Smith had some pretty high praise for both players today, especially Greg Rousseau, who he compared to Simeon Rice. I think that's a great comparison, first and foremost. Uh, you know, very talented players. Now, mind you, Greg Rousseau has to go a long way if he wants to maybe make his way into that upper echelon. That's a borderline Hall of Fame player right there in Simeon Rice. So, But to, to draw that kind of comparison from one of the greatest of all time, that's something. Love the Bills bring in these legends, whether you're talking about Buffalo legends like Bruce Smith, whether you're talking Luke Keekley from one uh, from Carolina one week ago was in here working with the linebackers, they've done this. Kyle Williams, they, you know, it's no surprise that they they draw into those connections. But this is this can only help a young player like Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham, both players who played outstanding in Chicago Bears. Yeah, and Greg Rousseau had himself a really really nice play today, and it wasn't even a sack. And I know we've been covering that quite a bit throughout training camp. But it was just a play that kind of showcased what he could be. And you talk about Bruce comparing him to Simeon Rice. The crazy thing is, Ryan, the measurables, he's bigger, he's longer, he's lengthier, and he's still growing into his body. He's got a very immature body from a, a strength and conditioning perspective. So this thing is going to look completely different in two or three years. So, of course, Bruce emphasized today the championship window, and they want to win now. But I think the, the the scary part with Rousseau is what he could be two to three years from now if he keeps on this path, which honestly, all the little things that we're hearing about him, the way that he studies in the classroom, he's in his playbook, how he transfers that to the field, I'm excited about. And he just makes plays because of his size. Today, had a nice win. I think he was going up against Daryl Williams, I want to say. Beats him. He's got Josh Allen in his sights. All he does is put his hands up. And Josh Allen was left in a situation where I have no options here. Or if I do, they're very limited. So what did he do? He decided to just throw it at Jacob Hollister's feet and take the L on the play because when, Gre- when Gregory Rousseau is pursuing you, I think we've learned already quarterbacks aren't going to have a lot of options. No. And, and you know, drawing from a different game completely from last year, Matt, I don't know if you got to watch the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Miami Dolphins game. But the Dolphins gave Patrick Mahomes fits in that game because of not because they were getting after him and sacking him, because they were getting their arms up. They were deflecting passes. They were closing windows. And that allowed them to tip balls and make interceptions. And I want to say Mahomes had something like three interceptions, maybe in the first half of that game. Right. And you look at a Greg Rousseau, maybe he doesn't get after Patrick Mahomes in week five, but if he can get into that passing lane with his arms, tip a ball, 
uh, take away a wide receiver, do anything like that, that can lead to a big play for this defense. And, and we've started to see Russo really shine from practices to even the preseason. Nine snaps last week against the Bears, seven of which were pass rush snaps, three pressures, two hits, one sack. That is filling the stat line, and it's he's only going to get better with time. You know, it, listening to players like Bruce Smith, maybe he needs to get a, a Stairmaster. That's one thing Bruce used all, all those offseasons. He had a Stairmaster near his pool, and, and he credited that with uh, his lower body strength. Maybe that's what he needs to gift Greg Rousseau. But Rousseau has a ton of untapped potential, and if he comes close to matching those Simeon Rice comparisons, that Bill's pass rush is going to be healthy for years to come. You know who had a nice practice today that I'm just remembering? And I was rushing so much. I had to read Bruce. We had the Brandon Bean press conference, and then I was writing observations. So... Not my elite observations work today, but there's one thing that I left out that I think we should get into. A really, really nice rep from Cody Ford, mm. where so much show, uh, I guess I can't really say that because of our reporting rules. <laughs> Let me just say it was a great rep. And it was great. I think it was against Vernon Butler. And what impressed me the most, Ryan, is with Cody Ford, He's so strong. He's so big. Use your hands. And that's what he did. He limited Vernon Butler on several different attempts at different pass rush moves. And it all happened because of the way that he uses power in his hands. He never let Vernon Butler get any momentum. And those are the kind of key moments when you're talking about Cody Ford, his strength being as a run blocker, blocker, and you're worried about him holding up in the pass game. Those are the kind of little things that you see where you say, okay, Cody Ford. Big, making a big play in the pass game, helping to protect the quarterback. That's a good sign, in my opinion. Oh, it's a huge sign. And listen, Cody Ford's entering his third year with the Bills, but in many ways, he's almost like a rookie or a second-year player because injuries have taken so much away from him. So he's really had this time away from the football field to maybe grow in, in terms of his strength, upper body, lower body. And we're starting to see flashes of that play, whether it's been at practice, whether it's been in the preseason. And, and I think that's another reason why we're starting to see some more flashes from this run game as well. You have John Feliciano and you have Cody Ford on the inside. And, and maybe they're not top-tier, top-flight guards in this league, Matt, but they're, they're average to above-average guards that can open up running lanes, that can do enough in pass protection. And that's what the Bills are looking for. Uh, someone asked me about the Bills recently, and they said, you know, there's only four Bills in the NFL's top 100. And I said, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. This right. is just a team that works well together. And I think Ford is going to be a big piece to that on that offensive line. And one other play that you mentioned today, by the way, ma'am, in a transition here uh, that's been delivering in practice and in the preseason, Devin Singletary. He has looked the part of running back number one. Uh, you saw it in that preseason game against the Bears, fourth and one from the 14. It looks like it's dead to rights, and he just kind of plants that foot and goes and gets that 14-yard gain. Great against the Lions. Tell us a little about his day today. Yeah, they did a lot of heavy run work at the beginning of practice, and they were kind of funneling through the backs. I thought it was Singletary got some carries. Moss got some carries. So did Matt Breida. They even worked in um, uh, Carrion White. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. I got a Kareth. Kareth White. Kareth White. Uh, I'm thinking of Carrion Johnson, who had to just drop in my dynasty league. <laughs> I, I was believing in him for years, and I just finally gave up. You know, sometimes you got to cut bait at some point. Um I thought that not a lot for Kareth White today. Uh, first day in the facility, I would imagine. First day getting into the playbook. I'm, I don't have any high expectations for him. Uh, he was uh, Devin Singletary's backup at uh, in college. You know that? I did, yeah. Okay. FAU, yep, FAU. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that, again, Devin Singletary, the run of the day, if I had like a 25-yard run, 
Uh, split a nice block between um, Deion Dawkins, John Feliciano. Zoomed it upfield and one move and he's gone. I, I, I really have noticed with him the decisiveness, which is something that I think at times, you know, you go back to like Marshawn Lynch when he was with the Bills before he became beast mode. I really feel like my, my biggest problem with Marshawn Lynch when he was a Bills running back was he had all these fun moves in the backfield, but sometimes you just got to be decisive and hit the hole. And I think that Devin Singletary has maybe gone back to the basics a little bit. And I think that can help him. I think it's huge for him. And listen, this Bills offense is going to see a lot of light fronts this year. There are going to be a lot of teams playing with extra defensive backs. And it's going to be up to Devin Singletary and Zach Moss to be able to utilize the run game when Josh Allen sees those light fronts and say, listen, it's first and 10. There's an extra defensive back back there. We're handing it to you. We're expecting you to get six, seven yards, put us in a good situation. That's what this team has to do now. That's the next step for this offense. We know how good this passing attack can be. It's now up to the running attack to maybe take that next step. They are not going to be a run-heavy team by any stretch of the imagination. But when you have a light front from the opposing team, you need to be able to run the ball and run the ball effectively. And if the Bills can do that, it's just going to cause more fits for opposing defenses in terms of the personnel that they can use on a series-by-series basis. All right. We're almost at 30 minutes here. We're going to we're gonna wrap up with some final thoughts. Uh, we, we're probably going to do another one of these tomorrow. There's practice mm-hmm. scheduled again. So we'll keep kind of keep these uh, 30 minutes or so uh, this week unless something crazy happens. Uh, hit us with a final thought real quick, Ronzella. Yep. Final thought. The Bills have uh, continued to go back to that Wyoming tree. They added Rico Gafford today. Mm-hmm. Uh, former cornerback, now transitioned to wide receiver. So now you have Josh Allen, you have Tanner Gentry, Jacob Hollister, Enrico Gafford, all Wyoming guys here in Buffalo. So it's not just that Carolina pipeline. We have a little Wyoming pipeline now. Now, at the end of the day, it's going to be Allen and it's going to be Hollister on that 53-man roster. But it's interesting to see the the, the players that the Bills have brought in here these last few years. Indeed. Um, Shout out to Amherst Alehouse here in East Amherst on Millersport in the Cross Point Plaza. It has been awesome. They housed us here today. Um, Going to have some unbelievable wings in a little while as we go on the Finer Wings Club. So shout out to Pat Moran uh, for setting that up. We will be on that show. You can look for that tomorrow. We're so excited about that. And as always, we're brought to you by Tops. You know it. They love local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables produced and picked this morning to be on your table tonight. That'll do it. We are out of here for Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. We will see you tomorrow, Bills fans. Thank you so much for watching. Take care.